Just stay standing real quick about that. And give you this, if I can do anything real quick. Uh, let's see. Work day for Saturday for the hymn books. They're making up 500 of those or 600 of those, I guess. There was a church email that was sent out this morning that was incorrect with an incorrect address to respond to. Okay, so if you're planning on coming Saturday, we'll send out another uh, email by Friday. Uh, and we've already made a lot of progress today. We might have to or might be, will, might be able to cancel uh, Saturday for the books because a lot of ladies went up there and helped us out with that. If you can help us in the nursery during uh, one shift during the Jubilee, we would really appreciate that. It makes a, a lot of difference, and we'll have plenty of services and all that for you to be a part of. First John, real quickly, First John, all the way toward the back of your Bible. They've been talking about being in fellowship with the Lord and uh, the importance of it, and I'm aware of my time, and I'll get you out of here by 8 o'clock. So you had a long question and answer, and then you'll have a short preaching service. So they wind up working out uh, okay together. Uh, folks that are visiting here, uh, which are not a whole lot of visitors here tonight, but y'all are accustomed to that. But visitors, um, you know, they, they don't understand that y'all don't care how late we stay. But um, they're not built the same way. They haven't learned that yet. All right, let's pick it up, if you will, please. Verse 5, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him declare unto you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Father, would you please help us as we go over these passages and some more in the Bible. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, be uh, seated now. And we covered already the meaning of fellowship. And that's like two fellows in a ship uh, going in the same direction. Uh, having fellowship. It's hard to have fellowship with people you don't agree with. Is that a fair statement? A pressure on you nowadays is, is that you're always supposed to sort of conform to who it is you're trying to win to the Lord. Don't, that's one of the worst things you can do for your testimony. Uh, listen, you're offering them the greatest gift you could ever offer them, and that's the offering of salvation by grace through faith. And you're giving them that opportunity. You don't dip your colors and say, well, I want to be like you. Uh, we've had an incident that just came up recently, and the incident involved some uh, personal things uh, to, to do with this particular couple. And what they were asked to do was, is come to a cocktail party before the wedding and to be a participant at the reception and the toast of the bride and the groom after the wedding. And then after all, I mean, it's going to be at a church and what's the big deal? And you say, well, why did they call and ask you? Well, because sometimes when it involves family and stuff like that, and the retort that they were given when they gave them what the Bible says about drinking and liquor and so on and so forth, when they gave them that, you know what they said? Well, how are you to, able to reach anybody if you stay away from everybody? Well, I'm not staying away from everybody, but I don't have to hang out with drunks and hang out with people that drink in order to try to reach them. We had a fellow that came here for a while. You've heard me use the illustration. And we found out when he would go out to go, he always wanted to go street preaching on his own and pass out tracks on his own. Well, come to find out he's going down to the beach down there. There used to be a club down there. It's a lot of years ago. And he was down there in front of a strip club. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. If he'd asked me about going down there, I'd say, go find somewhere else to do it. 
Why are you in front of a strip club? Why would you want to be there? Well, those people need Jesus. No, the truth is, is you're hoping to leave the door open a little while. Listen, you need to abstain, avoid that kind of stuff. That's crazy stuff. They don't go down to places like that to preach. You've got to have some sense about yourself when it comes to that. Don't ever get this idea that you have to become a chameleon in order to, quote, reach people. Now, some of you are going to have a hard time with it tonight because you have difficulty when it comes to separation. I'm talking about talking and ministering to lost people. And when it comes to lost people, there is one thing you have they don't. That's Jesus Christ. And the second they find out you're just like they are, you don't have anything to offer them. What makes you different, what contrasts you, is you don't do, say, and go, and the things that they do, say, and, and places that they go. Now, you have to recognize that. That's part of what comes to you. That's part of what comes as being a Christian. You say, well, but you know, I don't like, go, then go ahead, help yourself. Compromise if you want to. Capitulate if you want to. If you want to be carnal, go ahead. Help yourself. Paul wrote an entire book to the Corinthians that were carnal. If you don't want to live your life as one that would please Jesus Christ and make Him happy, then that's fine. But don't get mad at the rest of us who choose to draw a line in the sand. Amen. Don't, don't think we're the one with the problem. You're lost. You're going to hell. I'm trying to help you. Well, you want to go have a few beers? No. Well, do you guys drink? No. Well, you want to listen to some tunes and stuff? No. Well, you know, you're just being cold and hearted and all that. I'm trying to keep you from going to hell. So you're telling me I can't drink, go to the club, or listen to rock and roll music if I want to go to heaven. I didn't say that at all. I said, I'm not doing that with you. You're coming up on Thanksgiving. Some of you are coming up. You can't wait till next Tuesday. It's a great holiday for some of you because you're going to get out there and put your uh, mask on. Or maybe you'll just take the one you've been wearing off and run around and scare people to death. Um, but you're going to have this time because it's a time where families come together on Satan's day there and sit around and uh, eat candy and get fat and all that kind of stuff. And how are you going to witness to somebody on Satan's day? I made plenty of indies, uh, in, in, enemies when I mentioned that Sunday night out of Bible believers telling you that I don't think Halloween's right. I didn't say I'm coming to your house to see if you're doing it. I'm positive some of you are going to pop up something on YouTube or Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or whatever and you're going to be dressed up. Why you always dress up like a bunny or a, or a witch or something or a cat or something demonic with a hockey mask on? Why, why is that? Christians. See how quiet it got right there? You say, what? Preacher, you know what you're doing is you're, gonna, you're harming the kids. Okay, well, I ain't a kid no more, so I don't care. Or maybe I do care. And maybe the one that doesn't care is you. Because you're really worried about what the people in the neighborhood are going to say about you. You ain't worried about your kids. You're worried about what they're going to say. Oh, you won't let your children go to do that? No. We don't do that. Well, we're off to the races. You know what I say? I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, you must not love the Lord like you say you love the Lord. Because with loving the Lord, there's not only having fellowship, it's how shall two walk together except they be agreed. I just want to ask you a question now. And I'm going to harp on it for just a little while. And like some of you women, you're always up in the air harping about something because you're trying to be an angel. You've got to wait till you die. <laughs> But, but, but I'm going to harp on it for a little while. Why would you be so upset that I'm talking about the devil's day and that I believe that as a Bible believer that it's a good opportunity. Hey, welcome home, boy. Good to see you, man. I'm glad you're back in one piece. You've been gone a long time. 
Uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Why would you be upset about that? If I told you to keep your kids out of the bar room, you'd say, okay, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd, you'd amen that, wouldn't you? How come when I've said that now at least a half a dozen times over the last two messages I've mentioned it, what happened to all the amens? I can tell you what happened to them. You're planning on doing it anyway. Of course, you'll have a stack of tracks out there with the candy. What is that, a bait and switch? You draw them in there to get their candy and give them a track too? Now I'm going to ask you a question. You know, I want to show a hands. We always talk about, we kind of make fun of every now and then, WWJD and all that kind of a deal. But I'm going to ask you a question. If Jesus was here, you reckon he'd go trick-or-treating? Let me ask you a question. Do you think if Jesus had kids, he'd send his kids trick-or-treating? After the battle he went through with the devil out there in the garden and all the way back to Genesis 1 and then in Matthew chapter number 4 and then over there in Matthew 27 on Calvary and then he'll face him out there at the battle of Armageddon. Do you, do, you honor, do you think he'd do anything to give honor and glory to him at all? Well, then what's your problem? Don't make me the bad guy. It's like my daddy telling me it's going to hurt me worse. Why? Because, son, you done put me in a position where I got to do something about it. And you're not going to make me the bad guy. This hurts me to do this to you. But you put me in a spot where I don't have a choice. But that flips around in the day you live in nowadays. The day you live in nowadays, the preacher's lost his mind, man. They got little tracks out there now talking about the origins of Halloween. Why would they put that out at Halloween? Because it's Halloween. So go ahead and carve your pumpkins and all that stuff. I pray the rapture happened right when you're making that cut. You got pumpkin seeds all over you and you come up to the rapture. Look, well, what were you doing down there before I came? <laughs> we were just going to put a little uh, light in, in, in the pumpkin. To <laughs> I wish you'd let your light shine like you do in that pumpkin. Been carving on you for a while and still can't see the light. <laughs> Aren't we talking about light? If I walk in the light? You know what that Bible says? That Bible says if you have a light that will help other people, what man would hide that light under a bushel basket? You know what he says? Walking in the light means I'm walking where he wants me to walk and in him is no darkness at all. Is there any darkness in Halloween? Uh, is there any darkness in Halloween? In him there is no darkness at all. Now you decide what's right for you to do. Don't do it because the preacher said to do it. The blaze is what the preacher tells you to do. I'm just telling you what the book says. Do it or don't do it. It don't matter. One fellow said to me one time, he said, man, I don't want to listen to you preach no more. He said, why? Because I'll be accountable when I get up there to uh, eternity. And he said, if, at least if I don't hear it, then I won't be accountable for it. I said, really? Who told you that? I said, can you read? He goes, I have a college education. And I said, really? So you can read? He said, yeah. I said, okay, you're accountable for reading that book. He said, give attendance to reading and study to show yourself approved. He didn't say obey the preacher. You're accountable whether a preacher tells you or not. Amen. 
Now I'm on that, ladies and gentlemen, because where we're headed tonight is, is you have to get your mind made up that there are certain things, places, and people that Jesus ain't going to walk with you around. Amen. That's the Christian life. Paul gets uh, saved and he gets over there in Philippians chapter 3 and he said, I was this and I was that and a Pharisee of the Pharisees and above the law blameless and I was of the tribe of Benjamin and I had this degree and I had that degree and all this and that and the other. And he said, I counted it all dung. Why? That I might win him the power of the resurrection through the fellowship of what? Sufferings. That's the Christian's life. You say, what is suffering? It's not always physical suffering or sickness or ailments or diseases or mental problems. Sometimes it's you can't do what everybody else does. Amen. Amen. For some of you, that's worse than cancer. You got too much of the stench of the world on you. It's this compromising, casual, chill out, relax. I mean, it's been a while since we cranked it up around here. But, but preaching used to be scathing. I mean, blister the hide, the hair off the hog, boy. Now it's like, yeah, you, you know, let's turn it down a little. We're all suffering here. Okay, well, let's just see what the Bible says. We're talking about walking with Him. Is that right? Come to Luke chapter number 9. I'm going to say this first and foremost. The cost of fellowship. Not just how to maintain it. Not just what it is, the meaning of it. Not just who it is, the medium of it. But the cost of it. You say, is there a cost? Sure, anything worth anything costs you something. Amen. Uh, when you decided to get married, you know what you did? You gave up your life. Amen. Yes, you did. Amen. You decided right then that you were going to start making decisions based on him or her. You gave up. You're, unless you're just an ogre. You know what you said? There's going to be times where it has to go back and forth. Is that right? You made a decision. When you got saved, did you realize when you made that decision that you chose to be a child of the light and not a child of the darkness? You know what the Bible said? Then walk as a child of the light. Well, what does that mean? Well, it depends on how bright your light bulb is and whether or not you're hooked to a regular on-off switch or a dimmer switch. Some of you can't tell because you're bright sometimes and you're dim the next. You got smudges on the glass. The light's trying to shine, but it's been a while since you cleaned the outside of the glass, hasn't it? Because the smoke's coming from the inside, not the outside. How many of you remember an old Coleman lantern? You know what happened with a Coleman lantern? You get that thing burning just a little bit too hot before long. You're looking at it and it looks kind of dim. That thing's... It's burning in those little flannel things that are in there, the, the filaments that are in there. You remember that? And they're in there burning. You're thinking, well, what's the problem? And you wipe the outside of the thing, about burn your fingers off trying to wipe it off, and you still can't see it. You say, what? Because it's burning so rich that it smudged up the inside of the glass. You know what the bad problem about that is? Not only the light can't be seen, but you can't see out of the light. Changes your perspective on things, doesn't it? Because it's sort of foggy. Not quite as clear as it used to be. Kind of smudgy. Got some smudge on the glasses. 
The first thing I'd like to say about this is there's a cost associated with following the Lord. You're familiar with the passage, so I won't take the time to go over the whole thing. But notice in the passage there, we'll just look at you, let you look down and glance at the passage. You probably know it better than me. In 57 to 62, you know what you wind up seeing in that? You see individuals that it says, it's going to cost me something to follow the Lord. I'm in Luke chapter number 9. And the first one right there said, Lord, I'll follow you. And he says, uh, hey, you know what? That means you might cost you your real estate holdings or you might have to move from where you're comfortable. You might have to go to a mission field. You might have to go to Bible school. You might have to leave the area that you're living in where you've always been around your friends, buddies, and pals can get you in trouble. Lord, I'll follow you. Okay, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man hath no place to lay his head. You mean if I follow you, Lord, I got to leave where I'm comfortable? You said you'd follow me. Well, Lord, that's before I knew there was a cost. You mean it's going to cost me to make the trip? Yeah, it might cost you the place that you're comfortable right now. You know why some of you are where you are right now? Because you're comfortable right there. You don't intend to leave. I'm not even talking about geographically. You're happy with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord. You're, you never even get under conviction at all, thinking, oh, well, I could improve, I could do better, I could learn more scripture, I could read the Bible, I could go to school, I could do, no, I'm good. The Lord says, hey, come on, follow me. Let's go a little further, let's go a little deeper, let's read a little more, let's pray a little more, let's get a little bit more sanctified, let's get a little more holy, let's straighten up our life a little bit. Ah, oh, Lord, I, God, man, you're moving all the time. I'd like to just set a spell. The mistaken idea is, is that following the Lord is like getting saved. The Lord begs you to get saved and wants to see you saved and stretches his arms open wide and said, please come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. But ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to following, he says, you want to follow? I'll follow you, Lord. Okay, good. Well, come on, let's go. By the way, you know, I have to leave your comfort zone. Now, now wait, now, whoa, wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> Everything I'm fixing to show you in the passage has to do with an individual's personal comfort zone. When was the last time that was your Isaac and you came up and said, Lord, if you want my job, if you want my residence, if you want the place I'm staying, if you want where I'm, what I'm doing, Lord, if you want it, it's yours. I just want to follow you. Lord, I'll follow you. Might not want to shoot your mouth off. You might want to say, Lord, if I follow you, what will it cost me? Where's the preachers at nowadays? And the Bible students? Why, they're made a laughing stock if they choose to, to, to kick all that aside. You get married and you wound up with kids. It's like, well, well, you can't do that now. I mean, you should have done that before you got married. But now you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this. The Lord said, come on, follow me. I'll take care of you. Right. I don't know, Lord. <laughs> That's a mighty big, you know what the Bible doesn't say? It doesn't say did or didn't. But it implies that when he heard the answer, a little too much price to pay. We're talking about being in fellowship with the Lord. Can I say this to you? You can't be in fellowship with the Lord if you don't obey the orders. But sometimes his orders are requests. He doesn't say, you better follow me now. You know what he says? You want to follow me? Lord, I'll follow you. Okay, good, let's go. Well, I didn't know you were going here. Amen. Amen. I mean, I didn't know I had to... Turn off all my social media. I mean, I mean, man, what would the world do without hearing from me every hour of every day? 
they would be insane. I mean, I'm so impotent. Boy, you sure amen about me taking you to the bar, but boy, you sure got quiet right there. You got as quiet there as you did on about Halloween. Lord, I'll follow you. Okay, give up your comfort zone. Who cares what they think about you? What about what I think about you? Lord, I didn't know it was going to cost me that. Well, I guess there'll be a parting of the ways then. I guess you'll always want to be a wannabe. Well, I could, but the Lord wouldn't do it. The Lord ain't going to do it on your terms. Amen. He doesn't work like that. Amen. You're not going to do right or do wrong to get a chance to do right. He don't play like that. Amen. That's how it works. You know what he do? He'll give you opportunities. You know what I'll tell you? I'll show you this in a minute here. But you know what I'll tell you? He'll give you an opportunity, but he don't keep bringing that same opportunity by. If you turn your nose up at it long enough, you know what he'll do? He'll pass you right on by. God's not so desperate that he'll do whatever he has to do to break your back just to put you in the ministry. He'll kick you to the curb so fast it'll make your head swim. It'll make you believe that he never needed you in the first place. Well, I hate to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, me included, looking in the mirror while I'm saying it, just so that you know, he don't need any of us. Amen. And I'm not just saying that to sound spiritual. We serve at his pleasure. But the minute that I just balk a little bit, See you later, man. 1% hesitation, 100% rebellion. And if he calls it to your attention and you don't respond right, well, you might feel a little lighter touch on you. You see the second fellow right there? The Lord's just giving him an illustration. He comes along there in verse number 59. He says, hey, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my... Is that a tough one? You don't obey if you don't trust. Am I right? Now think about this a minute. Follow me. Lord, I will. After my daddy dies. What was the Lord's response? I understand. I get it. You and your daddy are tight. You got a responsibility, a duty to do those things and to make sure that everything's buttoned up and all that kind of... This is Lord. You got that Bible in red right there? That's Jesus talking, isn't it? Okay. Jesus talking, isn't it? You know what he said? About him burying his father. You know what he thinks about your family? Do you realize that probably in the South, the number one thing that keeps somebody from following the Lord is family? Amen. You say, why? I'm from the South. I've preached all through the South and I'm not saying that in a braggadocious manner. I know the hold mama has on the boys. Daddy has on the, diddy has on the girls. I know that pull when the family reunion comes around and Mother's Day comes around and trumps every other day there is everywhere else. I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first bury my father. The Lord said, let the dead bury the dead. Come on, let's go preach. Boy, you're talking like you're going to be around long enough to bury your dad. What makes you think I'm going to come by and give you another opportunity? Ain't nothing in there saying he gave him another one. 
You know where most of you would dip out? Right there. Well, it's family first. Family and firearms, preacher. You know, preacher, them people over there that got invaded by them Hamases over there, you know, preacher, if they'd have been armed, it, it'd have been a different thing. Well, you got all the answers, don't you? Why don't you trip your little hind end over there and see if you can't help them out, okay? You don't even know what you're saying when you make a statement like that. I'm going to lock and load my AK preacher, you know, and if they come at me, bless God, I got something for them. Okay, better save one for yourself. <laughs> You'll run out of it long before. It got me a thousand rounds. <laughs> and some of you have more money in your ammunition and in your gun cabinet than you put in missions in years. Because you care more about preserving your life down here and your way of doing things than you care about what God does. And that's just the truth of the matter. Where your treasure is, there your heart be also. Preacher, are you ready for the invasion? I'm ready for him. Invasion. Were you like were you wide herb or something? Paladin, have gun will travel? <coughs> I don't even understand that. But you know what it's connected to? Well, my daddy. We got a right to defend. Well, my daddy, I don't know what your daddy is. I know there's some things in your life that you will not bury, that you won't follow the Lord until you've buried them. I know that sure as I'm standing here. Like bitterness. Lord, I'd follow you, but you're going to tell me to dump that bitterness? Like that unforgiving spirit? Like that lust? Like the gossip, the evil speaking, the slander. You know what? You ain't going to follow them until you bury. Lord, let me bury. Fill in, in place of daddy. Not just family. Reckon what you'd have to bury. Why, when Jake got up to go back over in Genesis chapter number 35, the Lord said, you come up to Bethel, but by the way, before you do, you change your cotton-picking clothes, you take them earrings off, and you take all those seraphim, those teraphim and stuff, and you go over there and you bury all that... Uh, uh, garbage underneath the oak tree over there before you even think about coming up here. What would you have to bury? What are you waiting to bury? In order to do what? Walk with Him. I hope tonight when you sit down to put out and post whatever you post, I hope you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit looking over your shoulder saying, oh, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't send that. I wouldn't write that. What are you writing that for? Follow me. Oh, Lord, let me, let me bury my daddy. Let me bury the thing that's dearer to me than following you. There's where it's at. You see the second, the last one down there? Three strikes, you're out. You see the last one? You said, Preacher, good night. This is kind of rough, ain't it? No, it's not rough. It's true. 
It's to fight against this lackadaisical Laodicean, chill out, relax, take it easy mindset. I'm wore out with that. Just lazy. Just like you're sitting by the river with a brim buster man and a glass of iced tea and ham sandwich and just, man, we're, we're good. We're going to heaven. And a whole bunch of people going the other way. While you're fishing on the bank, let me go bury daddy. Here's another one. It's tough for you. It's tough for all of us. But I want to walk with him. I really do. I want to walk with him. But you know when I started walking with him? I, I didn't recognize. I, I just said, Lord, I want to walk with you. But you know what? I realized I had a whole lot of stuff in a backpack. And the Lord's like, man, where are we going? You can't be carrying all that. Amen. And one by one, I'm taking that stuff out of the backpack. And the Lord said, what you going to do with that? Oh, well, Lord, I can't keep carrying that and walk with you. I can't keep up with you. Okay, well, it means more to me than more to you than I do. Then keep it around. Put it in your pack a while. Boy, after a while, I got so wore out. You know what? I realized I was tired. I'm so tired. I just wore out. Christian life's so hard. It's so difficult. I have a hard time going to church. And I have a hard time praying. And, and, and I just hate Christian people. I'm wore out with that. Christian people are people. Yeah. You've got to learn to love them. Well, they just aren't nice to me. Do you ever think you might be the problem? Is that even an impossibility? That you're not always the victim? I'm tired. I'm just wore out. You know why I was saying that? Because I was carrying junk I needed to get rid of. He's like, hey boy, lay aside every... I had them. That's me now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching at you. You're going to walk out of here and go, why are you preaching at me? Why don't you grow up? I'm using myself as an illustration. I'm spiritually exhausted and worn out. And I'm like, Lord, I mean, I don't understand this. The Lord said, problem ain't me, boy. The problem is you think you can follow me and bring that wagon of garbage with you. And you spend more time pulling that wagon than you do following me. Why don't you let that stuff go? Well, Lord, I, I know why you don't let it go. I know why you won't let it go after the message tonight. Because it means more to you than he does. You ain't going to let go of that unforgiving spirit. You ain't going to let go of that bitterness. You're not gonna, you ain't going to let it go because you're right. You're right. I'm right. I'm not going to. Okay. It'll drown you. Amen. First time you get ready to cross a river over there, the Lord just looks back at you and thinks, man, you think you're going to swim with that pack of bricks on your back? He'll be walked on water and walked on the other side and you'll be walking on the bottom. You'll be drowning. We're like, why don't you get rid of that pack? I just, I just, I just, I love it like my daddy. Are you ready to come to the last one right here? He says this, another one. He said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go bid him farewell at my house. Lord, i got to make sure that everybody understands what I'm doing, where I'm going, and how I'm going. The Lord said, okay, well, see you later. Can I say this to you, ladies and gentlemen? I realize I'm being a little terse with you tonight. I recognize that. In the day and time in which we live, in order to combat all the stuff that you're combating or fighting against in the day that you live in, I have to consider meant to jar you into some spiritual smelling salts up your nose. Because the world is against you and the flesh is against you and the devil's against you. And if you're going to fight it, you've got to travel light. Amen. 
And I have no idea, looking across a congregation this size, I have no idea what it is in your life that's creating that problem for you. I just know it's a weight. Amen. And some of them is not a sin. Here's a good weight for you. How about the worry? Right. Worry. I know the verses. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, give thanks unto God. You know, I know the verses. But boy, when you're going through something difficult, see, some people don't even know what that's like. They're so shallow, they never even pause to think, you might be facing literally a life and death situation, and they're worried you didn't speak to them when you were out in the parking lot. You might be burying a little baby up in Carolina. And they want to know, hey, where's y'all at Sunday? Uh, we, we had some place to be. Where's that? We had to go for a funeral. Little baby. Oh. Well, I was wondering, because no, she parked in my space. I'm usually here for you, but... Oh yeah, a life and death situation, and you, what is it you got that you're worried about? A mosquito bite? Come on, preacher. Somebody said something. Somebody, you, you see, you have things. I usually sit there. My goodness, man. Oh, by the way, you guys are sitting in somebody's seat. You're the antichrist. I need y'all to move so I can move the right people into the right place because they're liable to leave church now. It never happened. Lord, I'll follow you, but let me go back to the house. Let me go back where I came from. Some of you came from places you know better to go back to. You know, we used to go into the prisons years and years and years. We went in the prisons and they'd ask the preacher. Sometimes he'd do Q&A and stuff. And they'd ask him questions and they'd say things like this because they really mattered. They'd say, preacher, if we get out of here, what's the best way to keep from coming back in here? And he'd always say, he said, there's two things. Two things, these are imperative things. He said, first of all, find you a good Bible-believing church with a red-hot preacher that would preach the, high, the hair off a hog. And he said, and then the second thing you do is, is don't go back where you came from. We can come back in two, three years later on, see somebody there that we knew had gotten out and they're back in. What you doing back in here? I went back where I came from. You don't have to tell people where you came from. Just don't go back there. Look in Romans chapter 8. I got about 10 minutes. Are we doing okay? I want to learn to obey the Lord. Romans chapter number 8, look in verse 14. For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if heirs, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. But you've got to look for the condition. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is revealed in us. Come to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter number 1. What does that mean? That means some things I have to realize if I'm going to walk with Him, the Lord comes by and said, you want to follow me? I do. Are you going to be an odd duck? Could I ask you this question? If you want to follow the Lord, how far do you want to follow Him? That's a fair statement, isn't it? How far would you go? How deeply committed, how deeply dedicated would you be? I mean, would you follow Him until the first conflict happened? Would you follow Him until the first firefight broke out? Would you follow Him until the first time somebody said something about you or spit on you or wasn't nice to you or whatever else? How, how far would you follow Him? I mean, I never thought about that when I got saved and when I got called to preach and all those other kind of things. I never considered those things. I consider that now. The Lord said, how far will you go? Are you all in? Paul said, I count everything but dung. That's full-blown commitment. That's full-blown dedication. Is that your testimony? That's a tough one. But you want to have fellowship with him, don't you? You know, it's an odd thing. He doesn't make young Christians walk as fast as he does older Christians. He doesn't expect out of younger Christians what he expects out of older Christians. Isn't that fair? Isn't that a fair statement? You boys work for these fellows, these gentlemen here. Uh, if you are unexperienced or inexperienced, as experienced as they are, they don't expect you to be able to work above your pay grade, do they? All, some of you are the same age, but you don't have the same experience. So you're learning, so they give you what you can do, what they know you can do. And you probably mess up a time or two. And you learn from your mistakes, right? But they don't expect you to go out there and be able to lay out all that stuff. Well, the Lord's the same way. The Lord doesn't expect you to be a Dr. Ruckman. He expects you to be what you can be. But He wants to see you be all that you can be. That's the issue. Are you all you can be with what you have? Look, there's a profound verse in that Bible and it talks about when Mary comes over there at the supper there, the Lord's down there and she comes in, breaks that alabaster box and dumps that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, spike nerd all over him. And you know what the Lord says? And he makes a memorial unto her. You know why he did? Because what? She preached a great sermon. She had a tremendous outline. You should have heard her sing, man. I mean, shook the rafters on the church building. Boy, that thing went out all over YouTube. Boy, I mean, she had a million followers. You would not have believed that kind of stuff. It didn't say anything about that. Boy, she is a great cook. Don't look like she is much cook of nothing. <laughs> Don't even look like she busts the tables. But that's the only memorial you find in the Bible. I'm going to tell you she's like the lady or the woman with two mites. She maxed out. She did what she could. All of it. Every bit of it. When's the last time you sung all to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all? When's the last time you sung that and didn't feel like you were lying? Lord, I'll follow you. All to Jesus, I surrender all to Him, I 
freely. I will ever love and trust him in his presence. Daily live set for Friday night. I surrender all right now at the moment because I don't have anything. I surrender. You said you want to learn about how to stay in fellowship. He's the commander-in-chief. You don't have a say in the matter. The only thing you can do is say, yes, sir, or go your own way. That passage that I just read to you right there said to you that your inheritance at the judgment seat of Christ is stipulated upon the fact that you're willing to suffer with Christ. That means you've got to be walking with Him. You take stripes for being with Him. Because you love Him. You're known by Him. You don't care what anybody else thinks. You care what He thinks. Passage in Philippians chapter number 1, He says this, He said, In nothing terrified, 28, your adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God, for unto you is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but to suffer for His sake. Having the same conflict. You know what I've learned in my own personal life and i got to quit? You know what I've learned in my own personal life? I've learned when I'm not having that conflict, it's because I'm not living for Him. Because I've lived the kind of life that's nobody doesn't seem to bother anybody. Everybody does. It's no big deal. What's the problem? For me personally, you know what it means for me? This is me. You're going to really like this. That means I'm getting a little too close to the edge. I'm getting a little too comfortable, a little too cozy, a little too casual. I ain't no standards preacher. But I recognize when the outward begins to slip a little, that means the inward has already slipped a lot. Amen. And I realize all of a sudden when the eyes ain't where they need to be, and the ears ain't where it's supposed to be and things are starting to come out of here that I realize there's a problem on the inside. My windows are smudged up. And I'm claiming to walk with Him. He said, if you say you have no sin, you lie and do not the truth and the Word's not in you. That doesn't mean I'm lost. It means I'm claiming to follow that book, but it got uncomfortable for me. I deviated. I detoured. I dipped the colors. For something that don't amount to a row of pins. But it's enough to get you out, ain't it? Yeah. Enough for you to quit walking, ain't it? Enough for you to build a fire and warm your feet, ain't it, Peter? Enough for you to make your sentiments known, ain't it? I ain't following him. Not if he's going with him. You know there are people that didn't follow Jesus because of the company he kept. I know people that won't follow Jesus because of you. They think you're weirdos. Good. I'm following Him. He sets the standard. I don't want to be like Him. Now listen, and I'm done. I, I, I don't... I, you need to understand this. I've been here enough years. You need to know. I haven't changed. I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be some kind of warm, fuzzy, we accept everything. No, we accept everybody, but at some point in time, you need to have a come to Jesus minute. 
And, and somebody says, well, you know, well, you're just too hard. You're too rough. You need to chill out and all that kind of stuff. Get away from me. Amen. You ain't cooling me off. Amen. You're not putting no ice on me and I ain't taking no ice bath for you. Amen. I ain't doing it. You say, why? I'm selfish. I know you give me an inch, I'll think I'm a ruler. You let the music slip, I'll like it as much as you. And then I'll be patting my foot. And then I'll be slutting things slip and dip, and then before long, you say, what am I? That's because I'm not as spiritual as some of you. I can't handle it. You my friend? You shouldn't put me in that spot Amen. to make me say, please don't do that. I, 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 He'll ask me this, and I'll close. He said, uh, you ever go to a place that serves alcohol? And I said, well, yeah, sure. I'll go to the grocery store, stop and rob, and gas station. And I said, been in some uh, restaurants that, you know, have uh, uh, bars in them and that kind of a deal. I said, just about all of them do nowadays. He said, don't you think that's compromise? I said, well, I can't quit going to the grocery store. He said, well, I mean, you know, I heard what you said about drinking, but you go in places that serve alcohol. I guess you'll have to make that decision. That's not for me to decide for you. But what he's trying to get across that you may not get a hold of is he's trying to justify drinking. Because I was seen walking into Outback Steakhouse on San Jose Boulevard and sat at a table in the back and ate a ribeye. And I was seen. And he's like, well, you go in places that serve alcohol. Didn't know it until we got to the end. He says, I saw you going out back. I did. Uh, was I with a strange woman? <laughs> See, preacher, that's stupid. Nope. That's the world. I hope it helps you. I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to close in prayer. Are you ready? Will you follow him? You want to walk with Him? Want to walk in the light as He is in the light? It's going to cost you something. 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 Father, bless Your Word and thank You for